Hello, everyone, to another edition of the State of Marauders podcast, where we will cover everything about your St. Peter's Prep Marauders. This week, we're going to feature all the post-game reaction and analysis from another tough football loss, this time against the St. Joe's Regional Green Knights up at Montfair. However, the soccer team had another great week of action, including a second-round Hudson County victory against Memorial. So we're going to have a quick recap on how they did as well as the cross-country, water polo, and crew teams did as a whole. And, of course, once again, the big man himself, Rich Hansen, he's back with another segment of the 80s Corner as he gives us his thoughts from the football game and his thoughts on the program as a whole. So, everybody, sit back, relax, and enjoy the episode. We can always be found on any of your listening devices, on Apple, on Spotify, on Anchor, you name it. We're there, so be sure to search State of the Marauders or follow us on our social media profile at SOT Marauders to see all of the exclusive Marauder content. As always, I am your host, Ron Rodriguez, alongside once again from the class of 2016, the co-host of Talking Giants, Justin Penick. Justin, welcome back on the podcast, and, and thank you as always for spending some time with us talking some Marauder football. Thank you, Renato. I'm glad to hear that some other programs for St. Peter's Prep are having some good weeks and they're having some good stretch of games, matches, whatever the sport may be. Because St. Peter's Prep football, you know, what we're going to do to start off the show and what we do to start off the show every single week during the fall, we talk about some St. Peter's Prep football, we recap the game, give our analysis. St. Peter's Prep on a little bit of a a, a downward spike, so to speak, mm-hmm. these last couple of weeks. Even in some of their wins, there were some signs of, hey, these are things that we need to correct, and we've been talking about it. And I think, you know, during the course of two close wins that they had a couple of weeks ago, they not they haven't necessarily corrected those things that they've needed to, and it has resulted in some back-to-back losses where this past week, uh, uh, last week against Don Bosco was a little bit more of kind of like a start to finish, like, hey, that was just a bad game. Prep got flat out beat where this game, it was in Prep's hands at times. And I think they yeah. should have came away with the win. So this one hurts a little bit more. And if you think about that, Justin, we talk about the scene hall game and the Paul game. You're one play away the other way from losing both of those games. Yes. So while Prep's record right now is five and two, they could easily be three and four. Yep. So again, we'll talk about how, how this game got away from the Marauders a bit. Keno in this one, the defense, again, allowed 200-plus rushing yards in back-to-back weeks. Justin, it's not, not looking good in the defensive then, right? No, no, it's not. And really, you know, it's a team game. You need to play complementary football on both sides. Defense isn't necessarily doing any favors to the offense because they're having trouble getting off the field, and the offense mm-hmm. isn't doing any favors to the defense because they're putting them back on the field right away. And they're not scoring points. So it's complimentary. There's just not complimentary football happening for St. Peter's Prep right now. Right. And it was, in fact, known so much in this game because the time of possession by St. Joe's was 29.04. So think about this. A, a, a regular football game, how many minutes is it, Justin, a regular football game? In high school, it's uh, 12 minutes per, per per quarter. And you're the math guy, Renato. So what's 12 so that's, 40, that's, that's That's 48 minutes right there. So. Yeah. That's, that's not that's not good. That's not good. Not ideal. Not and ideal. there were a couple of key drops by the offense that 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 really swung things around for for St. Joe's, 
especially, you know, on, on the fourth down play in the end zone when they were in the red zone, about to get a touchdown, big drop there, and then another drop on special teams too. So the offense had some chances to, to get going on this game, but they just had some some, some key drops and pivotal opportunities. Yeah. Tell me about the scoring plays, Renato, and then uh, we'll, we'll get specifically into each unit because I have some thoughts. So the scoring plays on this one, first quarter, first drive by the St. Joe's Regional Green Knights. Jaden Bonsoon, bam, 30-yard pick six, gives it a 7-0 lead for the Mars. Things are looking good, but then one of those long drives by the St. Joe's Regional Green Knights right after that. It was lasted about six minutes, and it ended up being a Luke Heinrich 21-yard touchdown pass to Kenyon Massey to tie the game at seven, entering the second quarter of play. Renato, something important to note about how the game kind of started is that St. Peter's, our offense, didn't get on the field. It felt like for like a good half an hour to 45 minutes, like right. just in real time. But in football time, it was about eight minutes. So, you know, they didn't really get onto the field until about four minutes left in the first quarter because that's kind of just how the game went. You know, the pick six, you know, you'll never say no to a defensive touchdown to start yeah. the game. But, you know, they just couldn't get off the field on that first drive of the game. St. Peter's Prep defense can't. And it resulted in a touchdown tie game for St. Joe's Montville. So that's something important to note that the offense didn't even see the field until almost, you know, the, the latter end of the first quarter. Right, and then right immediately, not, first play of the second quarter, Justin, Yassine Willis, 28-yard touchdown one. St. Joe's takes a 14-7 lead. But right before halftime, the train, Paul Luckward, seven-yard touchdown run up the middle, ties the game of 14 into the locker room. Spirits are going high. But St. Joe's will get the last laugh on this one. In the third quarter, 12-yard touchdown pass from Luke Heinrich to Brendan Arity. 21-14 St. Joe's. That would be a final score as they controlled the clock for, for most of that fourth quarter, Justin. And yep. tough, tough, tough way to, to lose this one if you're a Marauder fan. Yeah, you mentioned those key drops on big explosive plays too. I mean, those drops were, you know, two of them were on very big, what could have been potentially game-changing explosive plays. And Prep hasn't had those explosive plays the last couple of weeks. I mean, to start the season and typically – you know, I think of last year too. Even just you know, I when I think of St. Peter's Prep's offense, I think of explosive plays, whether it is through the running game, whether it is through the air. And I know yeah. this offense can do it. They can do it. Find, it's it's just finding a way to find something that works and finding a way to get back to what you know works. You know, but the drop passes they those could have been explosive plays. You know, one of them coming on a fourth down in the. The end of the fourth quarter when it was kind of do or die. St. Peter's Prep needs a touchdown. They need to put together a game-winning touchdown with about two and a half minutes left in the fourth quarter. They had some timeouts in the bank, but it was a fourth and long. First and second down inefficiency, I thought, really kind of defined the game for the St. Peter's Prep offense. And first and second down efficiency for St. Joe's Montville, I thought, defined the game for them because they weren't really throwing the ball a lot. Renato mentioned yeah. that another 200-yard rushing game. And constantly you saw St. Peter's prep offense. They're facing a third and long. And then St. Joe's Montville's offense, they're facing a third and short. And that's kind of like the difference in a lot of games that you really watch. It's, you know, games are kind of won on first down. And great, great thing you mentioned about the third down uh, opportunities. Prep was two of seven on third down while St. Joe's was seven to 13 on third down. So yeah. again, the shorter distances converting 
21 thirds downs in total for St. Joe's, eight for prep. I mean, that, that defined the game right there. Yeah, it absolutely did define the game. You know, there was even a red zone opportunity that St. Peter's prep had in the fourth quarter that they weren't able to convert. And you felt good about that drive. And, you know, uh, the way we were sitting, the St. Peter's prep parents and myself, the way we were sitting, we could very much hear kind of like what was happening on the sideline. And offense coordinator Ryan O'Flaherty told his team, even though they didn't convert a touchdown, I heard him. He said, good job. Like that was a good drive. They put together a really good drive and they were moving the ball down the field and they were moving it in some diverse ways, utilizing the run game, the short, quick passing game. You know, so they moved the ball on that drive where they couldn't convert on a you know, on a fourth down inside the five yard line. And you thought like, oh, they'll get back there again. They'll get back there again. There's still some time, but they unfortunately never got that opportunity and them not converting on that fourth down. You know, it, it, it you know, that was one of the differences in this game as well. And be, before we go into the players of the game, I want to give another quick shout-out to the offensive line. They did a really great job protecting Champ yeah. all game long. Uh, you know, they had some great running running opportunities as well. You know, they rushed almost 100 yards again. So, so great job by the line. You know, Paul Lefkowitz, Sammy Slade had a good game as well. Yep. It was great to see Lefkowitz back out there too, yes. by the way. He looked good, looked healthy, you know, run, hard, running hard. Even though you know, St. Joe's Montville had some really hard hitters, and it was great to see him out there and – you know, it seemed like he didn't have any problem with whatever injury he was going through. So it was great to see him back out there. And the final stat I'm going to mention, Justin, really quick, number of plays, okay? Mm. 64 by St. Joe's, 37 by Prep. Yeah. You know, so. it, it's just fun. It, for St. Peter's Prep's offense, It's you have to find what works. You almost have to find what works for you again. And, you know, something I've talked about is, you know, utilizing the quick intermediate passing game as an extension of the running game. They started to do it, Renato. And I think one of your yeah. players of the game, one of your players of the game on the offense side of the ball, he was the beneficiary of some of those, you know, quick little passing game, using the passing game as an extension of the running game plays. And I thought like that stuff was working. And then what, you know, ultimately what was happening, St. Joe's Montville, they were recognizing on the defensive side of the ball, okay, so our corners are going to come up and we're going to play press. So then what St. Peter's Prep was doing was running some, pre-snap motion, getting guys moving before the line of scrimmage or getting motion at the snap and then running something different off of that. And I thought that was working for a little bit. It just, it didn't seem to stick it. I don't know if they didn't, didn't do it long enough player execution. You know, I'm right. not quite sure, but they found some things that did work, but unfortunately just didn't work for long enough. And then, you know, when you're not getting the explosive plays, you're not making drive shorter and then making your job easier. So you don't have to call mm -hmm. so many plays. I wouldn't mind the play differential, Renato, where you know St. Joe's, you know St. Joe's Montville's running so many more plays than St. Peter's Prep. I don't mind it if Prep's offense is producing explosive right. plays, but they're right. not, and that's the issue. So let's talk about plays of the game. You mentioned there's one guy who benefited the most during this these drives yesterday was Hassan Moore. He he had a heck of a game, four catches, yeah. 62 yards. You know there were a couple times Champ maybe they had the best ball. But he was able to adjust, make catches. He probably had the most targets, I'm, I'm pretty sure, because, you know, he was able to space out himself in the offense whenever, you know, they were going downfield. He ran clean routes all game. Hassan was a force to be reckoned with. And I think we need to see more of Hassan, Jam Shank involved in his offense. Because I think those are guys that could create those explosive plays that we've been mentioning. Yeah. Yeah, Hassan had a nice deep catch over the middle of the field where – I thought Champ had some really good throws this game, and you know, 
uh, there was some balls that were dropped that he placed mm, perfectly in front of those guys. Mm, but the right. one bad throw, and this was, to Champ's credit, the throw that he made that was behind behind Hassan Moore, which he, Hassan caught, by the way, and that's why we're giving him player of the game. Champ was throwing into the wind. So I think right. maybe the wind might have played a little bit of a factor. Yeah. And it was somewhat windy. You know, it was nice to see the flagpole that was right on the field. So Hassan, ball was behind him. Deep vertical route over the middle of the field, which Prep does like to run that play, kind of like a couple verts. Two wide receivers were running somewhat close to each other. Hassan came back to the ball, made a play, nice play, and I believe that drive might have ended up in a touchdown for St. Peter's Prep. So that's yes, uh, you see, that's uh, you know the importance of of explosive plays. Usually they end up in touchdowns. Right. So Justin, who, who's your defensive player of the game? My defensive player of the game is, is Jaden Bonsu, who had the pick six to start off the game. And it wasn't your conventional pick six where maybe he jumped a route or it was a bad quarterback throw and he just returned it back for a touchdown. No, this was a tipped ball, which Jaden tipped himself and then came under it after he tipped it, caught it, returned it back for the touchdown. It was a really, really good play, smart, instinctual play. Jaden Bonsu is a very, very good ball player. We're not on top of your head. Do you know what year he is? I believe he's a junior. I hope he's a junior because uh, he did just get offered, I believe, just recently. And I think he just tweeted this out that um, he was offered a scholarship to Michigan State. And, I mean, that's a big school. <laughs> you know, Michigan State's a big school, Big Ten school. I am very, very well, glad. I am he correct. Got... He's a junior. I'm correct. Good. Good for you, Renato. I'm very glad he's a junior. So I can watch him for a whole nother year after this. And he's going to get better. He's going to grow. He's going to get more athletic. He's going to get stronger. Because he is already a fast, physical, flying around the football field type of guy where he's a slot corner. And I feel very, very comfortable when he's covering a wide receiver out in the slot. Because he is really for a slot corner. He's a big physical dude. Usually you have your smaller wide receivers who are uh, like slot corners, but I think St. Peter's Prep, they're kind of so rich in the secondary that they have guys like Avery Powell. They have guys like Jaden mm -hmm. Bonsu where, you know, you could put a bigger physical guy in the slot and you can feel confident that these athletes are going to keep up with them. But also, even when there's not a slot receiver on the field, you've seen Don Bosco run a lot of heavy sets and St. Joe's right, Montville, right. they ran a lot of heavy sets in the run game. So you could put Bonsu in the box and you could feel just as good about his ability in the box to come up and make a play in the running game. You know, last week against Bosco, Bonsu missed some tackles in the open field, but this week he kind of capitalized on, on him a little bit more, made some more plays, finished plays. Bonsu every single week is flying around the field and he's making plays. He's my player of the game, and especially because when you put seven points on the board for your team to start the game, it's a pretty good way to start out. So this is a great time for the team to go on the bye week, right? You know, two two tough yes. losses in a row, a little bit banged up as I talked with Rich Hanson, AD's corner. You know, they they're gonna need they're gonna need this week to recoup, recuperate, get some energy back, and they're gonna have a tough two games to end the season. They're gonna go to Pope John in two weeks, and then they're gonna have the the regular season finale at home against Bergen. And those two games are gonna have big implications for the playoff brackets, Justin. Yeah. Yes, playoff brackets, my favorite part of the year. Don't you agree? Oh yes, absolutely. But before we even talk about playoff brackets, you know, it, it is. It is recouping over the bye, reflecting. This has got to be a big reflection period for St. Peter's, you know, coaching staff and players included. And it's like, mm -hmm. well, what what have we been doing that has not been working? You know, what what did we do the first three weeks of the season? I know it's kind of like somewhat lesser opponents in terms of competition wise compared to the, you know, the super super football conference that is in northern New Jersey. 
and also Southern New Jersey too. There's some other teams that have joined. Yes. So, mm-hmm. you know, what what did we do those first three weeks and those first couple weeks of the season that we can carry over? And what, what can we do to get back to playing our type of brand of football? Uh, I'm confident that they will take that week and they'll do it and get ready for these final two weeks because they're, you know, I hate to say must wins, but they're, they're, they they're pretty darn close to it. So they're pretty darn close to it if they want to set themselves up in a favorable spot for right. these playoffs. Right, right. So, Justin, again, thank, thank you, thank you so much for for coming on this week, dissecting everything from that that football game. But let's now talk about the rest of the program, and you know, the soccer team. They had a great week overall. You know, they lost to Carney again for the second time this year which you might see them a third time in the Hudson County playoffs, but they have victories over North Bergen and Memorial and are now eight and four on the year. And in that game against North Bergen, it went to double overtime. Ladies and gentlemen. Yes. Double overtime. You, you only get two opportunities for overtimes and then they end at a tie in, in high school play and the game runner in double overtime, as many of you, you might've saw by the promo that I made for the football game on Saturday was scored by Luke Gilholly. On a broken play into the box, you know, the ball somehow found his fur. He was able to tap it in. Prep wins one nothing, And then in the Hudson County quarterfinals, they played against Memorial. They beat them 4-1. to one. So now the team is 8-4 on the year, as I mentioned. They have a tough week ahead. They're going to take on Union City and Hudson Catholic in league play. And if you all remember, they lost to both Union City and Hudson Catholic already. So they're going to need to bounce back against those two teams this week and get the chance to do so. And then they're going to travel to Harrison for the Hudson County quarterfinals on Saturday. So we have a big week on top for the soccer program. So if you're able to go out to any of those games, make sure you do so and support the team because they're going to need it as it's a big, big week for them. Cross country, they went over across the river to the Manhattan college cross-country invitational and a big shout out to the freshman guys who really stepped up the ledger this week they ended up third place overall as a group and they were led by nate palmino who ended up in seventh the varsity guys ended up in fourth with alex schimmel leading the ray in eighth for them and then the jv guys ended up in eighth as a unit so they had again another big week for them they're gonna hope to Lincoln Park for the Jersey City Championships on Tuesday. So let's, let's see if they're able to get another Jersey City crown. Water Polo went to St. Benedict's Prep in Newark. And, you know, St. Benedict's has a really good water polo team. Prep lost 15 to 9. Very tough match. You know, they had 12, to, the game was 12 to 9 at one point. They had a chance to come back and try to at least tie one the game, but ended up being 15 to 9. They head to 2 and 2 on the season. And they're going to get two more opportunities this week. First being at SPU on Wednesday night against Pingree. And then on Friday, they're going to go on the road to take on Blair. And then lastly, the crew team went to the head of the riverfront. The varsity eight boat got the bronze medal. So shout out to all those guys on that boat. And their next event is scheduled for next Sunday as they head to Overpeck Park in the Thor Classic there. So, round of applause. Great job by all the prep athletes this week. And we wish you all the best of luck as you progress through your regular season schedules and head towards that elaborate postseason that I keep talking about. It's almost here, guys. Almost here. 
So that's going to do it for another edition of the State of Mars podcast. Thank you to everyone for tuning in. And make sure you spread the word of the State of Mars podcast, as always, by sharing our social media profile at SOT Marauders to everyone you know. And continue to check them out for all of the latest updates. But, as always, we have one more segment. The biggest segment of them all. Because the big man is ready to give us his thoughts on the program and on the football game. So, we now present to you this week's edition of the AD's Corner. See you all next week. And as always, let's go prep. This is Rich Hansen, Prep's Athletic Director. Tune in to my segment on the State of Marauders podcast, the Athletic Director's Corner for all things prep athletics. Insights, updates, scoops coming your way. Welcome to the AD's Corner, sponsored by the Tona Bene Group. They provide leadership solutions for nonprofit organizations as well as professional fundraising, executive solutions, and sales for New Jersey businesses. For more information, call 201-932-0100 today. That's 201-932-0100. Hello, everyone. I am Renato Rodriguez. I am joined once again by the longtime athletic director, Rich Hansen. Rich, welcome back on the podcast. How are you feeling this week, buddy? Morning. How are you, Renato? Doing good. Doing good. You know, we watched the football team yesterday against St. Joe's Regional. Another tough loss, 21 to 14. They're now on a two-game losing streak. So looking at both sides of the ball and how we played yesterday, what are your thoughts overall on this game? Well, obviously, you know, we're, we're banged up and uh, know physically uh, hurting and and obviously when you lose it's a mental stressor too so you know I don't I don't think we played particularly well on on either side of the ball and I think St. Joe's is good enough to uh and their coach well you know to exploit those kind of things so when you don't play well on the road in a situation that requires you to it uh, puts a lot of stress on uh on 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 the team and emphasizes every mistake that's made, you know, so when you don't convert in the red zone, you don't tackle when you allow, you know, long drives. I think they get amplified when you're playing a team that's capable enough to beat you. And, and that was the situation, you know, yesterday. We just didn't have enough juice to, to get it going. And uh, we needed to show some fight like like junkyard dogs. And uh, <laughs> right, right, right. we weren't able to do that. And I think that that makes it, really difficult, you know, to win a game in that situation. So, you know, the team's now 5-2 and two, heading into the bye week. So what do you believe they had to do as, as we approach these, these final two games of the regular season? They got at Pope John two weeks from now and then at home against Bergen Catholic to end the season. Yeah, neither game is going to be easy. Both games have significant ramifications uh, relative to playoffs. We – you know, we're going to be in a situation where we're probably going to be on the road for the semis, which is, you know, we're not accustomed to, depending on how this shakes out. But um, the first thing we need to do is is have a great bye week and take care of ourselves and heal physically and heal mentally. And 
you know, get ourselves set up for, for a stretch run that, that is healthy first. You know, we have to get some people back. We have to get some people healthy. And then I think we have to put our plan together and, and execute it, be able to execute it. And more than anything else, I think this team needs to find a way to play with a lot of energy. Right. We don't seem to be playing with energy. We don't seem to be playing with any kind of passion. I think the effort is there. I think the preparation is there. I think they're doing good things with, you know, uh, design-wise. I think, you know, we're, we're, we're okay that way. I'm just not sure that, you know, those physical stressors were banged up. We're, we went through a, a crazy physical stretch, and we haven't been able to recover. And in and, and our league, you know, you just got to pick yourself up and go and find a way to go. And we haven't been able to do that. And I think that the first step to getting back to that is getting healthy. So that's why, you know, I said this bye week is really, really important for us. So the soccer team, they had another solid week of play. They went 2-1 and one on the week. They advanced to the Hudson County quarterfinals yesterday at the Defeating Memorial 4-1. to one. They are now 8-4 in the season. They've won four of the last five games. And this week, now the no tough slated games as they take on Union City, Hudson Catholic, and then taking on Harrison in the Hudson County quarterfinals. So do you think they're able to take this, this winning streak and, and try to get the Hudson County crown, Rich? Well, certainly certainly good to build on. I thought they had a really good week. You know, obviously, Carney is Carney, but uh, mm-hmm. Union City is going to be a great test Tuesday. You know, we had a heartbreaking, heartbreaking loss to them last time. So it's a good measurement, measuring stick of where we're at. We have to get some kids healthy, like, I've, like I said about football. I think that would go a long way. But, but this is a big week. You know, we get to try to get revenge on two teams that were able to beat us. And I think it's going to be a good telltale for how far we've come. You know, when you get teams the second time around and are able to, uh, to beat them, I think it you know, points, obviously, to your improvement. And I'd like to see us have a really good week. So cross-country, they went over across the river to the Manhattan College cross-country invitational. Yep. And it was the freshman guys this week who stepped up. They ended up third place overall. They were led by Nate Palomino, who ended up seventh place overall in the individual category. The varsity guys ended up in fourth. Alex Schimmel leading the way in eighth. And then the JD team overall ended up in eighth place. So, so what do you think about the younger guys taking the reins this week and stepping up across country? Well, it speaks to the depth of the team, you know, and I think that when you can get freshmen stepping up and developing, I think, you know, makes a statement for from top to bottom, you know, for our depth. And, and in cross country, a sport like cross country, depth is so important. So it was good to see them step up. They've been consistent most of the season. I think they've performed well. It's the highest and their best finish but again like we've been saying all year you'd like to see those guys get better as the year goes on and i think that that's that's true from top to bottom with cross country and that's all you can ask you know and then let it all hang out when it counts and see where we are but i think they're they, they set themselves up to have a successful finish to the season in, in uh in uh playoff tournaments and we'll see so the water polo team, they went to St. Benedict's uh, in Newark this past week. You know, they, they, they had a tough loss, but, you know, they continue to see positive developments. You know, they hang tough. They lost 15-9. I think it was like 12-9 to at one point in that game. They hang really tough against a good St. Benedict's team. So with us being halfway through their season, they're 2-2. Two and two, what, what positive developments are you seeing out of the program so far? Well, like you said, St. Ben's a pretty good program. So it was good to hang with them. We have we have a couple coming up. 
you know, in the next couple of weeks <clears throat> that are going to be winnable matches. So to go out and be successful in those, and as we've been saying all year, the most important thing is that they're in the water and in the pool and they're practicing and getting to play, you know, consistent matches on the weekends. I think that's really, really important. So, you know, getting back to winning is important as well, and I think that that'll be the focus for the match this week. And then lastly, crew went to the head of the riverfront. The varsity eight boat got the bronze medal, so it's a great job by those guys. They've had only two events so far this year, but, but what do you think about their progress this season so far? That was a really, really significant finish for them. They outdistanced a nationally prominent team. You know, they're 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 performing well. And they, they that that's a really, really good, you know, finish for um, anything in the top twenty is feels good and they, they were able to, to get right. in the top five so that's a really good finish for fall crew i know the coach is excited and um, you know uh, they, they this is kind of their training period for the spring so right. Um, right you know the crew team has been consistent and that was that finish was a really really a good sign of, of what's to come i think they, they they really performed well so you know we'll uh We'll watch them finish up, and then uh, they'll have a great winter, and and, uh, and then the spring should be a really exciting trip. They get away, they go away uh, coming up this this month for a big for a big one, and and I'm sure they'll have a great experience with that. And you know, and then we'll we'll be able to get a really good assessment as we head into the spring of where we're going to be. But I, I'm excited for it. I think they they've done a really good job this fall. So that was longtime athletic director Rich Hansen. Rich, thank you once again for coming on this week's episode of the podcast. We really appreciate it. Thanks, Renato. Go prep. Hey, this is lacrosse head coach Greg Morrissey, and you are listening to the State of the Marauders podcast, sponsored by D1 Media Pro, the number one live stream in the state for high school sports. Go prep.